Rejection most times is the redirection we need to unlock our truest potential. Life puts us in some uncomfortable and unexpected situations despite our efforts and plans. So how do we look at failures as opportunities? How do we deal with life's uncertainties, identify some losses as wins, all while not labeling ourselves as total losers or failures? You'll find out right here on Redirection with Terry Carell. Thank you for watching and listening to season two of Redirection with Terry Carell. And now, the season finale. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Redirection with Terry Carell. It is so good to always have you. Thank you so very much for all the encouraging words, the DMs, the messages, the engagement, the likes, the subscriptions. Keep them coming. The podcast is brought to you by MasterCard in association with Heineken. I mean, who doesn't like priceless moments and the thought of now we can. Terry Carell is the name and of course you can find me across all social media platforms at Terry Carell. If you want to find out more about who I am, what I do, I'm not just this crazy person sitting down in front of a microphone, you can go and visit terrycarell.com and while you're there, if there's anyone you know who you believe has a great story and deserves to have their story heard, go ahead, press the contact us tab and let me know about them and of course we will follow up. Now because we're Bossy in season two, you can be listening to me across all of your preferred podcast platforms. If you are, hey, how you doing? Drop a liquor ratings, drop a liquor reviews. We'd appreciate it. We value your feedback. But because we're bossy, we got a set and we know that there's some of the, the persons within the community who want to get the visuals. Go ahead, feast your eyes, enjoy. And of course, I just want to big up Tony Aiken, who is our sign language interpreter, who will be catering to the deaf community. Of course, Toyota Jamaica is our sponsor on that. The lady I'm about to sit down and speak with needs no introduction. The wearer of many hats from beauty queen to political representative to internationally acclaimed and ranked um, speaker to debater to public speaking coach to author to mother she's so much more and she's an entrepreneur and somebody who has so many hats we know that she's had to have her failures her rejections her dejections who is sitting down in the redirection seat with me the one and only crystal tomlinson season two of the redirection with terry carell podcast is brought to you by mastercard in association with heineken zero zero first of all welcome to the show Thank you. I never thought it would have been possible for both of us to be in the same space, same time, and our schedules would actually sync. Align. Yes. How are you? I'm doing great. First of all, Terry, big of yourself <laughs> for this podcast moving into a brand new space and the Thank way that you are serving your audience and your community. I'm rooting for you always, and I'm just happy to be a part of. Thank this. you. The new, the new look. Yes. Thank you. And, 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 and so I'm worried, right? Because you were one of the persons at the top of my list. I've seen you grow over the years. And not just grow, but like level up. And I said to myself, but if I want to sit down and talk to Crystal Tomlinson, it's going to take us about 24 hours to really rinse all of the topics. So I'm going to endeavor to, to truly um, dive into topics and issues that I know you are familiar with, um, reminding our audience that rejection is okay. Challenges are going to come, but it is what, you know, how do we, how do we 
process that and how do we proceed? Absolutely. And considering you are aware of so many hats from internationally ranked speaker to public speaking coach to um, success coach, you public relations, communications, author, mother. With dancing the life dance. <laughs> De debater, you yes, won the world yes. debate in what year? Um, I won the public speaking championships at the World Universities <gasps> Debate Competition in 2011 12, because it's usually December into January. Right, and so you. I was at UA at the time. And you're an, emo you're an emotional intelligence coach, and you also know political science. And it's just like, first of all, if you went back to Crystal, who was five years old, mm. would you have said, yeah, that's, that's what I saw myself? That's where I, I saw myself. I knew I would be in front of cameras at five years old. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And how I knew it was through, theater, well, we didn't call it theater arts at the time, JCDC. Yes. So, you know, at, at some stage, almost every single Jamaican child in a primary school <laughs> learns to do a poem and a Miss Lou poem at that to the boom, boom. And for the guests, and for the guests, the guests who are the the, the the viewers or the listeners who might be um, foreign to it, JCDC is the Jamaica Cultural Development Corporation. Yes, so it's all yes. about dance, theatre, expression, movement, yes. and words. So that is where I was able to channel all this energy that I had and curiosity and rambunctiousness into something that could entertain, mm -hmm. something that was approved and not crystal, stop talking, sit at the back of the class, stand up outside for a little bit. Mm -hmm. In that space, I could actually express myself. And then you did it on a big stage with some big hot lights and a huge audience. I used to have meetings. I was like, yes, this is what I ought to be doing. How it would come about, what type of career it would be, I was never very clear. Mm -hmm. And at that age, the biggest thing you could be on TV was the news anchor, right? <laughs> Because I was not envisioning myself in Hollywood, but if I was going to read that nightly news, I made it. It was going to be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that's the furthest I saw myself um, on television, reading the news. Now, what, what made me more fascinated about you as just a woman, as a, as a queen in my eyes, and as a, a citizen is I attended your book launch, right? Yes, and I have the photo. Kill fear. <laughs> and I remembered you had it at my, my family church, actually. And I thought that the creativity behind it, for those persons who may not have known the concept, was that we were actually at the church because we were, we were burying fear. Yeah, we were, at we were attending fear's funeral. Um, and over the years, you know, I've heard you speaking spaces and, you, and, and, and when you spoke at your book launch, you literally said, that when you were in high school, you did bad. Those were literally your words. And I said, that's impossible. Because I was looking at you as this, you know, well put together, PR, communication. I mean, everything that you touched was just pristine. And I'm going, this does not make sense. So yeah. walk me through the crystal then <coughs> versus the crystal now. The crystal then, as a teenager, would mm -hmm. have moved across about four different high schools at the time. So I was really having a challenge settling, mm -hmm. finding my crowd, because it's like four different crowds over the space of five to six years. And again, I had all of this energy and I knew people wanted to hear me and they wanted to do what I was doing and mm -hmm. would give me just the honor of, of leading them. If it's even where we're going to sit in the lunchroom, like crystal, where you want to sit? Which host, um, you know, you're going to cheerleading, you're not cheerleading. So it's almost like, person saw in me before I saw in myself. You are an influencer. Right. Reason to trust me, reason to honor me and want to follow. But why so many schools? using it that. Yeah, I wasn't using it in the right way. <laughs> okay. 
So okay. instead of leading them to the library, we're leading them probably to the back of the class when class are keep to just waste time to create mischief and trouble to find people to pick on. And I think that came out of a sense mm -hmm. trying to figure out where I first felt that. Probably when I was in um, grade six. Just a sense that I was not enough. Why? And we've heard it. We've heard, yeah. we've heard that quote used. We know that people <coughs> across different <clears throat> age groups and even professionals, even as adults, we don't feel enough. What was it that made you feel that way, that triggered, that sense of this, I'm not enough? So at home, I am enough. Mm -hmm. When I get to school, my, my mother had moved us to a preparatory school for grade five and grade six. Mm -hmm. And so you're encountering people with wealth, with status, and the teachers are responding differently. So all my time coming through high school, if you did very well in your class, in your subjects, that's an automatic teacher's pet of graduation, right? Meritocracy. But yes, yeah. so you earned it. So I always knew that I could earn the recognition. Hmm. I could earn the place in the class. And if you, if you came first, it's because you did A, B, C, and, and no D. one could take that from you. Nobody could take that from me. But I found out no matter how well I did in class, there were just some students who were preferred, who were called to the front, who were told to stand to the side when the class was getting a spanking. Mm -hmm. And you would wonder, well, what makes them so better. special or better than I because I, I thought these were the rules and I'm following these rules hmm. and watching that kind of imbalance and, and injustice I felt the only way to correct that was to just detour right Rebel. yeah so it's like if this is the I'm gonna just go counterculture on you because if I'm following the rules and this thing not working let me just make up my own set of rules for me and my crew and I think that is where that sense of um not belonging mm -hmm. started and my response to that was not to kind of curl up in a corner because i've never been that person you're going to see me and you're going to hear me but i chose to be seen and heard yeah through indiscipline yeah, i'm then, gonna roar you're gonna yeah. see me and you're gonna have to deal with me yes. at that point in time yes. how was that affecting um home meaning you know you have this child who's been good great academic performance, larger than life, bubbly personality, but then there's this transition that is kind of hard to understand that even sometimes parents and our loved ones don't exactly know how to, to fix. Mm -hmm. How did that, how did that um, affect home? I, my mom was not aware most of the time because unless it got very, very bad where you had to call the parent in, I could get away with a lot of the mischief. So if it's detention, I could say that I'm staying back for cheerleading or something, but it's really detention. Right? You're told that you mustn't come to school without a pair. Well, I am coming to school and you're going to have to find my mother because I did not give her this letter. Wow. So when, when, she, when it did get to a point where it was, you know, mommy has to come and if mommy doesn't come, we're going to keep sending you back home. That is when like, she came to a meeting and she, the teachers are giving her a, a rundown and she's saying, I don't know this, this child. child. This is not my child. My child don't even back talk me. My child don't raise her voice. And she's talking to me. What do you mean? And how do you feel in that sense? Like what was going through your mind? Was it, oh my goodness, mommy's going to find me out? Was it fear of embarrassment? No, because here it is. She's yeah. probably thought of me as this other person. And now she's finding out that this other person exists. Like what was going through your mind? I, I had to confront that very vividly at the end of fifth form mm -hmm. when we were applying for me to go back to sixth form at the same school, Manchester High, and my mother was calling to the principal's office, and the principal says, listen, on paper, yes, you know, she has all the requirements to come back to sixth form, but her behavior is just not on par, and she's not somebody we think is good for the community. And when my mother walked out of that um, meeting, and I saw the look on her face, for me, it was a mix of 
tempered anger, mm. but also a little bit of shame. And I said to myself, I'm not doing this to my mother again. My mother is a single parent who sacrifices a hundred percent for myself and my brother to get the best education. At the time, we we're living in Mandeville and she was driving mornings to Kingston to work, coming back in the evenings every day. What do you mean? So when I tell you my mother sacrificed to make sure that we could have all the things that we needed, she was as present as she could be when she was home. Mm -hmm. I wasn't being abused at home. And for her to come to school and essentially be told by administrators that you have a bad picnic, so you must be a bad parent, because that's also the of underlying course. Of course. tone. You know? and, and not only that, but how could you not know yeah. that this is your child and this is your child's behavior? So I said, I'm not, I'm not letting this happen to my mother again. It's the last time anybody going to call my mother to school to tell her anything bad about me. In fact, the next time she gets called to school, she better be clapping because I'm on stage collecting something. And I worked for that. That's why I ended up doing debating. Wow. <laughs> worked to make sure next time I called my mom into school, she was in the audience and I was collecting a certificate because my debating team had won the parish chapter championships yeah. for I think it was a credit union debate competition at the time. I was like, yes, mommy, no, you must come to so school. So you channeled, um, you channeled other things. In that period of you, and a lot of the times we don't realize that it's self-discovery. Yes. It's you really trying to figure out who you are, what's your place, and it just felt right. And you knew you had a crew and a clique who was following you, and that must feel good. What was the biggest lesson that you learned even as you would change that attitude, but what was the biggest thing you learned about yourself, apart from your influence during that period of time? No, I have the words for it, because at, at that teenage stage, I didn't know, but it was clear to me that I had, and I always have, mm -hmm. light. And the, the essence of that is to shine it in darkness. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you can't have the light and be consorting with creating the darkness. That's not the purpose of the light mm -hmm. that each of us has. So if I am to stand in my light and shine my light and be a beacon to others, there must be something that I'm bringing into the darkness that runs it away. Hmm. And I, I learned that in high school. You can have the same energy, the same ball of fire, the same sauciness, but use it to run out the darkness. Ooh. Use it to run out the darkness. Preach to me. No. So, yeah, I think no, that would be it. Now, in your acknowledgments in your book, yes. Kill Fair, uh, funny enough, what I loved was your second paragraph. And what you said is, as I wrote, I reflected on how blessed I am to have encountered so many barriers and failures this early in life. They have proven to be gateways to new heights of success. It may seem counterintuitive, but I value every hurdle, challenge, and fear. Through each of them, I learned to jump, fight, and conquer. Share with us what some of those that maybe in the moment you were like, listen, packing my bags, this don't make any <laughs> sense, I'm leaving. And now you look back and you go, Look at God. I needed this. Share some of those um, experiences or examples. Two of them happened for me when I was at UWE. And mm -hmm. I, I think UWE was really a refining space for me. So I was in student leadership at the time, vice president on the Guild of Students, and we organized a student protest because just injustice. And you know me and injustice already. We cannot agree. Village lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the protest, though, did not go as we had planned it, and mm -hmm. it ended up uh, disrupting examinations. So the, the mob of students just kind of went into the tent and threw over the chairs, and it was disastrous. And I remember two things happening at that time. One, the media coverage of it. So every media um, host, every daytime talk show, radio show was talking was about this topic. protest. Yeah, man, and they were calling us by name. And my mom called me, and she said, Crystal, 
you know, I think you may have to migrate. I think we're going to have to go um, overseas or something because Jamaica is too small. And when these things happen, people don't forget. And did you hear the Minister of Education call your name? I don't know what we're going to do. We'll have to figure out a plan to, to leave. So she was sure that, you know, this was it. The reputation you ruined everything. was too Correct. much. And Jamaica just too small. Like, how do you, how do you come back after something so huge and damaging? Um, long story short, we did come back, right? <laughs> well, naturally. But how did you feel? Did you, were, you, were you in agreement with your mom? Was it one I of those, the same way. oh my gosh, this is not what it's I over. intended? It's over. I felt the same way. And the, the lesson in that, in that moment for me was what, when you take a risk, mm -hmm. you might not calculate all the things you stand to lose from the risk, but essentially you're looking at the potential for loss. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that I... I knew deep down, but I didn't articulate at the time, was that I was willing to risk that because I thought what we did was done for the right reasons and it was gotcha. not done in the right way. Gotcha. And I felt, again, even in the moment of fear, that if I ever had an opportunity to speak with those persons who were in government at the time, to speak with those reporters and, and media practitioners who were discussing and dissecting the issue at the time, I could get them to understand that mm -hmm. I'm not a troublemaker and a destroyer of worlds, Correct. but I'm really somebody who believes in justice. And... Over time, I'm going to get the whole right, but the why, Correct. just trust me, it's the why is right. And I had the opportunity to meet all of them and to work with all of yes. them. Sat in rooms with the very same Reverend running through his school's <laughs> minister at a time. Worked on committees with him. And I recognize that in, in the moment when, when you are in that fire and it's burning and your foot just scorching, You'll want to run. Mm -hmm. But my mother never left me as much as she was always afraid. And if we needed to work out a plan, I knew she was there. Nice. And the other thing I knew I always had was my brain. So even if we had to go to Bahrain, right, and start over, just teach me the language, right? But I always trust myself to figure it out. Were you always like this? I Were you so. always this? I mean, I know you spoke about that time when you're just like, I'm not enough. And it's because of what you observed. It's what you felt. It's what teachers were doing. It was the, the disparity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As you have gotten older, is it that your confidence has grown because of your track record? Because you have come across challenges and you've, you've gotten over it? Were you always like this? Like what has changed for you? I, I know mm. the practice of falling and courageously getting up teaches me that I'm always couraging, which is like a verb, right? We yes. talk about having courage. Yes. It's not just, <coughs> excuse me, it's not just a, a, a trait. It's a thing that I have to do. And in the moment when I feel like, Jesus, this is really a big loss. Oh my God, this is really borderline embarrassment, shame and disgrace. The question is, well, what do you do next? Mm -hmm. Because if courage is a virtue for you, then there's some verb that you're going to have to do Correct. behind it. So are you going to courage through this one? Are you couraging mm -hmm. today? Are you couraging in this season? Are you couraging in this space? Mm -hmm. Are you just doing it because you want to be accepted and you can't bother with the loud voices no more? So you just kind of want, what are you doing? Correct. Are you couraging? And I find that in, inevitably, the answer is, is yes. I get to a yes because I decide to choose courage even in the hardship. Why is that so hard? In your book, I think on one of the pages you said the thing with people is that they like fear. The truth is, we like fear. Comfort. It comfortably now, like when I say, boy, I'm so afraid of failure. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, I'm comfortable right here because if I'm supposed to try that thing and it don't work out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't look mm. uncomfortable. So it's not so much that the fear, I'm shaking about failing, is what's stopping you. It's because while you're saying I'm afraid of failure, you can sit down comfortably in this chair. Like, and you know, say it. yeah, the minute discomfort reaches you, 
you have to do something differently. Mm -hmm. So when I see people not doing things differently, mm -hmm. sitting down with the same olds and having all the same haves and things are not changing for and you. And the I same know, conversations. Yeah, mm -hmm. man, I know there is some comfort in there and that is what, that, that is where I think fear grows from. Convincing you that what you have is enough, man. Just stay there. So why you want to rock the boat? Why it's you, why nice. This is nice. This is nice, nice and cushy. Sure. Of all the things you've done, you were Miss Festival Queen, JCDC Festival Queen. You entered Miss Jamaica World afterwards. You are an entrepreneur. You are, of all the things and of all the hats, you are a mother. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. all of the hats that you wear, which is the one that brings you the most discomfort? The one that makes you have to dig so much deeper <coughs> Excuse me. to courage. Motherhood. Mm. Motherhood, because that is a, a growing space for me. Mm -hmm. With each year and each month and each day that my daughter grows in awareness and self-assuredness, it's a challenge for me to also grow mm -hmm. out of the ego, out of the sense that because I'm a mother, I have power. And because she's little, she don't know and she don't understand. So it's my And does way. not process. Yeah. So that is my biggest space of growth, being humbled mm -hmm. in parenting mm -hmm. every single day. Because no matter how I've been there, mm -hmm. don't know nothing. <laughs> I don't know nothing. No manual. I don't know my daughter before I know my daughter. So there's a five-year-old Zia that is coming that I don't know. And I have to be humble enough to meet her because there's also a 33-year-old Crystal that's coming who I don't know either. Correct. And that new me in that new year with that new daughter, both of us figuring out ourselves and the world, a lot of things I have to learn. And how do you, how do you figure out that, that process? You said, like, for example, dealing with ego. And these things are very easy to say. Yeah. It's very easy to say, yeah, you know, you kind of have to humble yourself, but, but how? How I apologize you? a lot to my daughter. Really? And when people hear me do it, they look at me like, Crystal, but uh, what if you just raise your voice off as you? Like, you mean I tell her sorry? I go spoil her, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I want her to know that it is wrong, even when the people who she trusts and respect, even when they do it, it's wrong, hmm. you know? I want to know that she can get an apology, not just from her friends on the playground when they step on her toe. She can get an apology from anybody. Correct. Because as a human being, when you have been wronged, that is a natural part of and us you are deserving living of it. together. Yes, if we're going to live together as human beings, mm -hmm. no matter the age, no matter the race, no matter the height, people can be wrong and you deserve an apology and you can ask for it too. So I find that in the, in the act of just deciding that when, even if it's like two days after when I look back and I say, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I really shouldn't have done that. I'll go back to her and I'll say, Zia, do Let's you remember when? And did you understand that? And do you know that this? And I'm also very sorry about that. That helps me to stay humble. Just the act of having to apologize to this little human that I brought into this world. No, you're right. So I keep reflecting on my behavior. You're right. And, and I think it's also, it's also your attempt, your active attempt to unlearn a lot of things um, that are socially and culturally ingrained. Mm -hmm. We are taught and the language that is framed around our behavior is if you apologize to someone who is young, then you're spoiling them. Yeah. There is some sort of mix-up with who is in authority versus who isn't. And I think by, by this way of parenting, your type of parenting where she's concerned, you also show her and you teach her that it is okay to yield. It is okay to concede. It is okay to apologize. Because I think people forget that when we parent, we are creating individuals who are no longer, they're not going to stay young forever. They become partners, bosses, um, co-workers, colleagues. They become friends. 
and what we teach them and how we condition them yeah. has a lot to do with who they become in they this world and how it. they show up, right? They model it. They model it. And we see, we hear it all the time, we see it all the time. Children do as you do and not as you, you say. say. So some Zia is in the phase now where she's actually reminding me when I'm not doing what I said was to be done, that I'm mommy. But also, that's how, she, that's how I know <laughs> a check-in is coming. She goes, but also, and then she tells me where I've fallen short, mm -hmm. where my behavior doesn't match what I say is supposed to be the standard. You keep it in check. She, yeah. Let's talk about, listen, let's talk about another redirection. Um, and I alluded <laughs> to it earlier when we spoke about, you know, JCDC Festival Queen, Miss Jamaica World, um, being bright, beautiful, bold, bright, and beautiful. Bold, bright, beautiful, brave, and a beauty queen. Uh, Sometimes people think as if they all can't exist at the same time. Whose idea? Where were you when you decided, huh, you know what, I want to try the sphere of representing pageantry. pageantry. Yes. And we know that the two pageants are very different. They are rooted and anchored in different themes. Mm -hmm. One, beauty mm -hmm. with a purpose, JCDC, fiercely um, cultural, cultural, right? Yes. Cultural yes. and a lot of awareness. Um, how did we get there? So I'm going to add one more B to what you said, which is black, right? <laughs> I want to say black. We're not just talking like the high color brown black. I mean, your hair black. Black. Right? When we look at you, no matter what else you've done, we, we know, know you're black. black. So that space for particularly Miss World, and I don't think it's a fault of local organizers, mm -hmm. it's just the, the pageant standard is what you see ultimately. And I'll tell you again, because, I, well, I'm sure I told you when I was entering, because I saw you. The only reason I thought it was possible, I sat in my little room and I was watching TVJ the year that you won. And I'm looking at this dark-skinned, afro-haired, Jamaican girl. Boshe Avon, Miss, Miss Jamaica World Crown. I said, but this could I This could I really... And at that time, I had natural hair, so there were some things that I thought I couldn't do, right? And that, that's one of them, like, oh, yeah, some things you're going to do in life, but that's, that's not one, one of them. <laughs> And so you disrupted entirely what I thought was possible for myself um, on the stage. Yes. So wow. I entered that competition fueled by your example and your excellence. That, that was what made me think, even though all the cards on the deck don't look the same. Mm -hmm. I saw Terry Carell do it. And your name has been in my head since I saw that interview. If there was anything you did in your life, even if it didn't include media and communications, I know I would have found you. I would have been following you online. <laughs> because there was something that shifted in me as a little girl that made me feel, going back to that question of being unworthy, yeah. right? Worthy. Seeing you there, it's like, yeah, man, we can do this. For my, my parents' generation, it probably would have been... Um, Beverly. Beverly Manley. And remind me, it's, it's Andrea... Joan MacDonald. Andrea Joe McDonald would have been in my mother's um, generation. Is, is that the person who wore the shiny bumps? The picky, picky, bumpy head. There's Joe and Andrea Jeff Hutchinson. Yes. So I think every generation has like a one person who you say, no, man, I didn't think. Are we turning our corner? This is the role model. And certainly for my generation. Yes. 
although we're both millennials, right? Yeah, but all when you tell me that you, <laughs> although when you mentioned earlier, Crystal, that you remember when I won the crown, and as I lick it, stirred something in <laughs> in this little girl, and I'm going, how old was Crystal when I won I Miss Joy? Was it 2006. You know, we're, we're not going to do it. We're not even going to do it. We're not okay. going to do it. But no, but, but but thank you for that. And 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 I guess that's that's why representation is so important, even yes. when it comes to redirection. Because yes. even when I said it to you, I don't think you processed properly what I was saying. Because it's like you like some noise, and you were it was a gleaner at the time, right. and I probably saw it at an event, and you were saying you were speaking to some of the contestants who were there. Right. So it was very just just like a random moment. And I'm like, I don't know if it's connecting a Terry headed, you know, the only reason me there say no. It's because of her. It's because of you. So when I tell you I'm honored to be in this chair and having this conversation, I really am. It means I really am. It really, it really, it really means a lot. A lot of the guests who have come on the show have spoken about challenges and rejection and dejection, which is a part mm. of, of our our lives, right? Um, what probably what what can you say was probably one of the biggest rejection moments in your life where you had to go far, disconnect, and figure out okay what's the next move? How will I navigate this? So so after UA, which I think was the very first one, mm -hmm. the next time that happened to me was actually in twenty twenty. So by this time I would have been um, a candidate in the general election. Yes, ma'am. So we lost that election. I did not win in my seat. With the loss of that election also meant the loss of a job because the job was related to um, the political work. The loss of a job meant a loss of income. Um, and then we're in COVID, so there's not many things to replace what you're losing with. And there's a stillness there processing all of that loss. Yes. Um, and then I also... Do you think people understand that about you? Do you think because of who you have been, you've always been this very strong persona, um, you seem to have your head, you know, really on your body, um, you're, you, you say what you need to say, you say it with boldness, you say it with fierceness. Do you think that, that people dehumanize almost who you are, that even in those moments, it's not just a, oh, whatever, I'll just find something else to do, but that you also have your moments of, what am I going to do? There are people who see that with non-judgment, and then there are people who see it as part of a, a maybe a, just a spectrum of entertainment because i understand for some people when they see me a story about me my name anywhere i become part of entertainment for them so i'm not even humanized to right. begin with so there's just like a constant flow of updates on this public figure so i i accept that there are some people who will always see me like that correct the more i share my story though is the more people get an opportunity to see the human of right course, of course but there are quite a number of persons virtually especially people i've never met except through instagram and comments and dms who are who, you up. yeah man who recognize that what i'm seeing in what you're doing in a crystal is not drop and brush off elbow and get up you know it is boodoof, buff, buff, yeah. beef, buff, roll down, mountain. I'm, I'm watching mountain. you bleed, but you're not wearing the blood, right? I know this must hurt because I've been there before. And you, you have no obligation to kind of tear off the scab and say, um, hi, Instagram fam. I just want to show you where, Correct. you know, I don't have that obligation. Correct. But there are people who know that despite me bringing you into the surgery and the operation, that an emotional scar hurts. Of course. You know, uh, uh, 
a physical scar hurts. Wherever the scar is, it's going to hurt you. And it takes time to heal. Hmm. So give us grace as we're moving through it. And what I've, I've told myself is whenever I feel that I'm clear on what the lesson has been and what the, the, the area for growth is in this experience, I'm going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because there are people who are experiencing this and don't recognize that. This is a win for you spiritually. If you get to the point where you Abs can see this. Absolutely. Where you can understand this. You can't lose even when it feels like a loss. Hmm. That's so a I, big I try my best to also talk about it. That's a big speech. After I, I get to an understanding of what it is. Absolutely. And I know that I, I interrupted you because what you said was you literally were looking at the loss and how that affected the job. And if it affects the job, it affects the income. And if it affects the income, especially during the pandemic, which reduced yes. opportunities for us to connect and to make impressions and to interact with prospective clients. Yeah, Let me allow man. you to continue. And I, in that space, at the end of 2020, my five-year relationship with my daughter's father also ended. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, you, you asked, even if I had to step away to, to unplug, back to my mother. Back to my mother yard. Ladies, let me tell you something. Ladies, I'm ever telling you something. Your mother, as much as she wants to be a mother to you, is a grand example of womanhood. No matter what her success looks like, no matter mm -hmm. how much money she was able to earn and what job she was able to hold, there is feminine wisdom in her experience in life. And if she's willing to mother you, part of it is seeing you in your moments of pain and showing up for you. But you see, if you have got through the pain and I go on like, you know, Everything I'm good over cool. here, mom. I'm not a kid anymore, mom. I don't need mommy. Come on my business, mom. There's some wisdom that she cannot share with you. There is some presence and some being and some stillness that you can't share with her. There are some unsaid and unspoken moments between me and my mother where we just sit there together. And we know exactly we what's going know. on. We just know. We're sitting there watching Zia play and together we just know we're thinking the same thing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think I can say enough the value of having a mother who wants to be my mother yeah. in my life. I like the fact that you actually added that part because there are many who have mothers who are incapable of mothering. Yeah. And I think the distinction that you just made was that if you know, and we all know when we have mothers who, who, want. who want to be present, not to pry, yes. not to impose, not to live vicariously through you, but you know that they want to be present and they want what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't give them the opportunity, then, and, and you probably stand the risk of doing the very same thing over and over again. My question to you is, how do you navigate? Because at the end of the day, a lot of us have our challenges, but 98% of the, the population get to have those moments privately. It still hurts naturally, and I'm, not, I'm absolutely not saying that it is invalid because you're not popular, but there is a cost mm -hmm. to being popular. Mm -hmm. There's a cost when media takes you and makes you a part of the hot topic of the day. How do you process that? The fact you, it's not that you can't fail publicly, but when you fail publicly, it has this different dimension of criticism, conversation, who have opinions that are very unsolicited. And as a woman in Jamaica and in politics, that's, you literally just 
decide you going to put all of the things in one pot and stir it. And go and cook it. It's just a simmer. How do you... How do you navigate it so publicly? I, you know, I think I'm just, I'm still learning how to do that um, and, and setting up new boundaries mm-hmm. as I, I learn new things. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I, I have to remind myself is that I did not decide that I wanted to have a public life. Correct. I was making personal decisions like everybody else makes. You know, how do I want to serve? What career path do I want to be in? Who do I want to be in a relationship with? And what are the reasons that I'm making these choices? choices everybody make every day now but some some other elements have to be factored in and i understand this i can't factor them in because some of these things i don't even know is possible i remember when i this is still very funny i got a call one day from um a, a tabloid newspaper in jamaica and they said give us an interview or else it's like excuse me or else what we have some photos of you kissing and if you don't give us an interview we're publishing the, the photos I said, I was like, where am I? Is this Hollywood? Is this what, you know, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce must go what? through daily? Why, why am I here? Because remember, I didn't sign any contract with anybody to say, yes, I'm going to hand over these elements of my life to you. And I look forward to doing business with you. That, that's not something I consciously processed and said, yes, I want to do this. So it's on the path and on the journey that you're encountering that's these correct. things. And then deciding, as I said, am I encouraging today? Or am I going to flounder mm-hmm. in fear? Am I going to throw my hands in the air and give up? Am, am I going to allow the narrative train to run ahead of me and run away with it? Correct. And there are some moments when the answer is yes. I'm going to allow. allow this, in this moment, I'm happy to be misunderstood. I'm sorry. But on this matter, I do not wish you to have any more clarity, clarity than you already have. You can be as sure as you want to be about an untruth. And if it helps you to sleep better at night, kudos to you. I think on that point, it's, it's one of the things, like when persons always ask you, like, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned? learned so far on this earth um that's one of them for me the the need the desire the necessity um for me to go out of my way for you to understand who i am or how i operate how i function and how i serve is no longer a priority for me those who know know those who see see those who hear here and it's either you will eventually understand on your own on your own merit but i am not going to waste my energy my resources my attention or my time trying to get you to understand me or to come over to my not even to convince you and i think that that has been extremely helpful along this process what's one of the best if not the best advice you've received so far on your journey oh that's it's hard to pick (laughs) oh my god it's hard to pick so, so most recently, most recently, only because it's recent why it's at the front of my mind, I was having a conversation with Patricia Duncan Sutherland mm-hmm. around Mother's Day, and she was sharing that her perspective and her, her word to every mother is simply this. Mm-hmm. You are the perfect mother for your child. Mm-hmm. And when she said it, I was like, hold on. You know, it's true. Because for Zia... There's nothing and nobody in the world who could compete with her mommy as her mommy, you know. Correct. So whatever I'm feeling in terms of uncertainty, unknowing, inadequacy, fear of what is to come, she looks at me with this... Superhuman. Undiluted trust that... Are you for me, You're the best. 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 You're the best.
when I heard it, in the moment that I heard it, on a day when I was feeling overwhelmed and a little confused and so many things to do and decisions to make and wondering if you're making decisions too fast or if you've thought about it enough, is this discernment or is this impatience, mm-hmm. right? I heard it and I was like, ah. And so I will step into the doing of what I have to do on right. your behalf with the confidence, knowing that I'm the best mother for, for her. You. For her. So, in, yeah, in this season, this, this thing just like in my head, because I Beautiful. heard it recently. You mentioned the word discernment, and we have a, the we have a, we have a connection <laughs> over the word discernment. And I and it's funny how and, I, and I've always said it. We we say it, you know. Well, I should say we grew up hearing the song "Sticks and Stones May Break My Bones," but words will never hurt me, mm. which is the, a true. lie. Yeah. The devil is a liar, right? Um, because we've seen how words can hurt and how words can break. Um, and it's interesting that I didn't know. I, I said something and I kept it moving. And I think it was later on, maybe years later, I don't even know, you, you did a live or you did a video. And I was like, what, what does, <laughs> when did this happen? Yes. What does discernment yes, yes, mean yes. to you now? Um, does it have a different meaning to you now, now that you are wiser, that you're older, that you're more experienced? What's your relationship with discernment? In this season, it's presence. Mm-hmm. Just like right now that I'm with you, I'm enjoying this moment. Like it's the best moment <laughs> in my whole life. And whatever happens to me in the next moment, if I go outside, I want a taxi man brush the side of my car. Best moment in my whole life. Because guess what? I have insurance. How glorious <laughs> is that? That my insurance is current. You know, there are people who don't have insurance. Who if this did happen to them, it could have worked all good. So just choosing in the moment to just see what is amazing and beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. And then taking decisions from that place of abundance, yes. of joy, of trust, of believing that God has my back and mm-hmm. ultimately it is only the good that he's working out for me not the bad yeah there's no big conspiracy to mash up my life and tear down everything i make me dead a papa that's not the conspiracy you know the conspiracy is to make it all work out in your favor and for your good mm-hmm. so if you're just crystal stop carrying judgment for yourself for the mistakes that you made and crystal stop worrying about what's going to come in the next moment and crystal stop comparing the apple that you eat into the orange that somebody else is eating and just enjoy your apple and just be present in the Apple yeah, man, eating. with my apple, I make better decisions that way. And that's what feels like discernment to me. When I'm making decisions from a place of trust, like divinely knowing that I'm pursuing something good for me. And mm-hmm. even if I make a mistake on the way, it don't make me a bad person. True. Right? I've done something bad. Maybe I make a mistake. So I have to work out the guilt there. So, But I don't end up carrying shame and being defined it. And being defined yes. by that mistake. Yes. It's a, um, abundance and being present and saying, Lord, I'm going to make my mistakes, but I'm not a failure. I will fail, no, but I am not, a, not a failure. failure. And to be so gracious and to be so graceful about it. And I'm sorry, I have to add this, Terry. A part of the discernment is seeing that goodness in other people too. Huh. So not just in the moment, but even when I think about assessing friendships, relationships, business decisions, investments, all of that from a place of observing and allowing Mm -hmm. an understanding of your good and sometimes your good is not for me you know right but if i'm saying no to you is not no man no no, 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 it's not that it's the good that you have to offer is not for my table right correct and and it doesn't have to be and i love you same way and i wish you the best you you mentioned something about friendships and in a lot of the conversations that we have with persons we go back to the element of fear Mm -hmm. um people have been betrayed by people who are closest to them um, for some guests, it's their parents. 
it's their mm. partner, it's their best friend. <coughs> um, Excuse me. And a lot of the times they refuse to step out and they are afraid to try again, whether it is love, whether it is um, reconciliation. You give a lot of tips in your book, Kill Fear, but just for purposes of the persons who might be watching, whether they're watching on YouTube or listening across their podcast platforms, betrayal, that's, mm. a diff that's another kind of rejection. And when it comes from those people who you love and who love you back, it can send you spiraling. What advice, what perspective, what lens do you have on that? So very recently, I encountered, it's like a mini betrayal, you mm -hmm. know, on the, on the scale of zero to Judas. <laughs> it's really like a half mark betrayal. <laughs> zero Because it really could have been Judas level. <laughs> And as it was happening, I was thinking, did I do something wrong? Did I say something to this? Was there something that I did? And then I had to catch myself, right? Because in the moment somebody does wrong to you, you, you begin to wrongify yourself. You know, maybe something is wrong with me that caused me to earn this from them. So as I was assessing, like, you know, matching up where I, I caught myself, I was like, wait, Crystal, people's actions are not your responsibility, first of all. So stop looking for the what you did to justify and make an excuse for their behavior. Hmm. They have done this. Now, if you're able to have a conversation with them about Great. it, have it. If you're not in that place, just go and process until you are. But secondly, they have healing to do because hmm. it's not that you were never clear about the boundaries and the expectations. They know what friendship with you is supposed to look like. So if they have violated that understanding, that agreement, that boundary, they have some work to do. So it's not even a question of how you did something wrong. Because if you did something wrong, you would know. Correct. And I know I never do nothing wrong. Correct. But the other, the other part of betrayal is understanding that we're encountering humans who are doing the work and some humans that are not doing the work mm -hmm. every single day. And based on where they are emotionally and spiritually, there are just some steps where they always have to take. And no matter how you would wish for them to not take that step and to not And how great you are as a friend. And not have that conversation and not do that thing, no matter how much you want for them they can't do more than they are spiritually ready to do. Hmm. So am I willing to be your friend in this season of your, your spiritual growth and the refining that you have to do? And if the answer is yes, I'm going to meet you with compassion and honesty mm -hmm. about how I feel and love you through it. But also there comes a point when the betrayal is so deep that we have to kind of separate. And as Jada Pinkett Smith said once, I'm going to love you from afar. Yeah. I love you, you know. Yeah. But, but I'm going to love do you this. over here. But we can't do this. What is some of the deep work that you are still doing with yourself? Patience, mm. patience. I know I have a patience problem. <laughs> I, I want things to be happening and to be moving and it, it creates frustration with myself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes tension between me and the thing that I'm supposed to enjoy doing. So it blocks even the joy I'm supposed to have while I... So that's why I said discernment. Why? Me, no, Where does that come from? Presence. Where does that impatience come from? It come from somewhere, Crystal. I, I, I don't know, but I need to find out because if I don't find out, I can't pass this phase of the work. But there are days when I sit down and I'm like, all these things, every, every fire needs a light under every pot. Mm -hmm. It could be even, as I'm thinking about it, that same um, seven, eight-year-old girl thinking she's inadequate. And so therefore, we have to have all these things Correct. moving and passing and just always in play to remind yourself or to confirm that you are. Mm -hmm. So when I tell you, the work for me is the, is the presence and the stillness and being able to sit here and not... Be 10 hours from now or 10 days from now or 10 weeks from now, I feel full of so much joy that That's I'm lovely. able to do that. That is lovely. Because I know that if I leave Crystal to Crystal, 
we are just zoned out. Just zoned out trying to figure out what is to be done next. Mm-hmm. And so I can't enjoy fully what I'm doing now. Mm. What words do you have? Um, and this is an aside, but because you've been in this particular arena, we have so many conversations around equality and quota of mm. women being mm. in certain spaces and industries that are typically you know, dominated by men. And we look at politics. And I am grateful to see the amount of women who are moving into politics, who are successful at their campaigns. For the youngsters coming up, for those persons who are still quite apathetic Mm -hmm. when it comes to voting, understanding um, policy, understanding... And I mean, for you, it might be different because you studied it. But I find that just generally, as Jamaicans, if you didn't really study it, nobody really cares. Or if you can't really show me how this affects me, nobody cares. What, what words do you have for, well, one, people who might be apathetic about just the system and especially girls, women, who might be thinking about it but have heard so many things that will discourage them from entering the political arena? For, for those who are experiencing apathy, I want to question, do you plan to spend the rest of your life in Jamaica? Hmm. Because if you do then we have to start thinking about the Jamaica that you want to live in and the Jamaica you want to die in and the Jamaica that you want your children to live and work and thrive in. So if the answer is yes, I plan to spend my whole life in Jamaica. Ultimately, I want to see the world, but I don't want to run away with my little jam rock. Then you have to find a way to participate and get involved. Now, it can be voting, but it can also be supporting a one candidate who is running for councillor who you genuinely believe in. It can be deciding that you're going to um, participate in a campaign, a, a, a GoFundMe, a community development, something. There's always a way to participate in the politics without being at Gordon House, right? So I don't want you to think that when we talk about participation, political participation, it has to be going to the, mm-hmm. the polls, right? There are other ways that you can do it. But what I find is when you start, it's almost like a snowball effect. Nice. So when you start seeing the impact that you're having from having those after-school classes in your backyard, yes. you want to reach out to your MP and say, can I have um, some funding to Can I get some little blackboard? Can I get a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to write now to chase fun as if you can get a computer. Yes. And the involvement in the system helps you to see the potential. And that is advocacy. That is that the advocacy. actually is advocacy. So I've, I've even seen you do it through um, your work in the deaf community. Correct. You like inclusion. I do. No, if there was in fact, ever a in, fa- in fact, all of these episodes will, uh, Tony Aiken will be our interpreter there and Toyota go. Jamaica sponsored the, the, the sign language service across all the episodes. So it starts with that value, wanting everybody to feel included. At some point, you're going to be in a space with um, a minister of education, a politician, you say, well, um, guys, why don't we have sign language versions of so and so and so? Correct. And you become an advocate because you're talking to a policymaker. So it means caring. Just start with something you care about and begin to work. <coughs> Excuse me. For the young woman mm-hmm. who wants to enter the politics, mm-hmm. when we say young, right? Understand that young is under 40. <gasps> Ladies, young is under 40. Wow, politics. I just missed it just right? by this much. <laughs> just by just by this much. And and I'm really a G sat baby. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? You know, what? continue your point. Continue your point. I'm but a common interest, we, baby. But go on, yeah. When we hear young, sometimes people think we're talking 22, 23. So once you get to 25, you're not young anymore. If you get to 30, you're not young anymore. In politics, when we talk about young, we really mean under 40, which means you have time. 
what you ought to be using that time to do, one, establishing and identifying causes that you care about. Mm -hmm. Because it's that care and concern that's going to drive the political work when you get into the system and you see all the flaws and the red tape and you can't bother on the corruption. <laughs> the cause is what's going to drive you because the system can't drive itself. It yes. takes people. So, one, identify the cause and start working on that. Spend time to understand how to solve a problem before you get hundreds of millions of dollars to solve a problem. Because mm -hmm. then you have like a process and an understanding. Um, the second thing I want to say is get your money up. Ladies, there is no money waiting for us in politics. I'm <laughs> telling you that. They might tell you that they have a fund for the females and for the gender equity. It is not there. They don't got it. The boys club got it. And if you want it, you have to be very, very coy figuring out how you're going to get it. Right. And unfortunately, we don't have enough women to create that kind of financial mm. room. Those who are there are trying their very best to keep their spots because it's, it's almost like there's a man there waiting for you to do something wrong Correct. so that they can get it. And it, it means that it's a volatile space for women still. One of the ways that you can decrease that volatility is by having your money. The money can be raw cash, it can Don't be an asset, it can be a piece more. of land, it can be a business, but make sure that you're able to fund the exercise because politics is expensive. And the last thing I want to say to both groups, the apathetic, the young person who wants to come in, systems do not change themselves. Hmm. Anything that you're frustrated about in Jamaica, anything that you really don't like, anything that mash up your meds and you can't sleep and just raise your blood pressure every time it makes the news, requires a human to change it. And maybe that human don't reach in on the system yet. Maybe that human is going to be you. Absolutely. The system is not sitting down and saying, you know, as a system, I could be more efficient. <laughs> the system is not doing that. It's not. So if it ought to change, it takes human beings going in there with the and right it takes a understanding and the commitment, right? to actually see it through. You think I should go into representation? I think so, Terry. Absolutely. In fact, first of all, what you're waiting First on? of all, <laughs> the question was not if I should go into representational politics. I was actually going to say representational talk show hosted. No, 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 no. Things no, no, like no, that. No, no. You know, I just, I just, the answer is no. I but just for wanted, politics, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, you're so lovely. <laughs> um, I could, I mean, there's so many different spheres to you, so many different layers to you. I, I'm just so happy that um, as much as some people have tried to paint you around controversy, um, I like the fact that we can sit down and we can speak about so many different topics in, with, with the joy that you spoke of. Yes, thank you. My last word that I'm going to give to you is, what is your definition of redirection? What does redirection mean to you? For me, it is accepting, not just understanding, accepting that I can still get to my destination, even if I have to change direction. Hmm. Just accepting that. So when life push me so to the left, I don't get offended. I don't feel like all is lost. I don't feel like I'm gonna fail. Because I know, yeah, I wanted to you know, drive that road there, take that shortcut there, do it with these persons. Mm -hmm. But I can still get there. I can still get there. The there is not moving, and the there is so open to me coming at it in different ways. I can still get to the destination, even if I have to be redirected. Yeah. And if I'm humble in the redirecting, there's so much I gain from it. Terry, Mr. Business Owner, you know? Mr. Entrepreneur. You tell me how me get to the point of me a business registered in a company office and accountant for maths of tax and them something there. A proper redirection this year. Yeah. Because I did not envision that. But life said, come, we're gonna take you this way. And if you sit with it and you say, all right, I can still get to the destination. There is no anxiety. There is no fear. There is no anger. There is no shame. I'm just looking at this from a place of abundance, right? What can I get out of this? And what can I give in this? 
you can't lose. I really believe that you cannot lose. And I say that to people sometimes, and they're like, hey, you can't say that, we can't. You know, your life look easy. It look easy. But we come from a poor family. We never have it. Mm -hmm. We never have it. The only thing we did have was this up here, so. Hmm. Just like brains and the ability to use it. So it, you can't lose if you look at life from a place of abundance. There's something here for me to give, and in the giving, naturally, I'm going to receive. And I think the only thing that I'll anchor to that is that your, the, the there is yours. The there is yours. It's, it's not there for anyone else. And yeah. so the trajectory might look a little bit weird, but it will always be yours. And you know, when people, like, there are people who are watching you on your journey to yours, right? And they have all kind of advice <laughs> and all kind of assessment and diagnostics and everything. Sometimes, and I'll see them in the comments, but you know, I'm not going to give you the grandness of my platform for us to have a discussion in the comments. I'm going to DM you, right? We're going to talk one-on-one. -on -one. Hi, ma'am. <laughs> if you had spent a quarter of the time it took you to structure that comment, mm -hmm. thinking about an idea, a project. Creating, you, you know what you could have done? Like the amount of words where you just type to tell me about my life that is not yours. Could you write that about your life? Was there some positive thing that you could have said about your life? You could have, you could have take up your phone and type all of something in Google to search for an idea, <laughs> to research something, to deepen your understanding yeah, of something. Yeah, but that takes work. It takes work. That takes work. So while work. you're watching me on my journey, you know, so you're going to miss your stop though. Yeah. You know, you're going to end up this merry-go-round longer than you need to. What, one thing I've learned is that... Um, for some of us who are just trying to navigate life and we're just trying to figure things out and we're focused on who we are and we're trying to take our people with us, for us, it, it seems like like common sense. Why would you waste time? But, like, yeah. but I realize that it takes work and it takes dedication and it takes commitment to get up every day and say, this is what I want to do and I want to serve people and I want to focus. So now I just realize that um, all of us have the right to block and delete anybody who comes into your home whether it is physical or virtual no one has the right to vandalize your yes, space man. and because they have no right if they can't obey by the community guidelines outside peace and love. peace <laughs> and love chrissy baby i thank you so very much for thank your time you for me. thank you for the work that you continue to do thank you for not allowing unsolicited opinions mm -hmm. and, 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 and controversies that are made up to push you off your saddle Thank you. as you are riding into your your, your, your place, your position. Thank and you. I just want to thank you for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. You're doing your courses, you're teaching, you're coaching, you're doing so much. Um, I'm rooting for you. I am Thank rooting you. for you. And to Thank those you. of you who have been watching, who have been listening, um, you can go ahead, you can follow Crystal and make sure that we put up the handles so that you can become a part of her, of her, her tribe, gladiators. You Thank have to become you. a part of that. Uh, and let us know. Let us know what you thought about it. Reviews, rating, just engage us. Um, and of course, I'm sure that there will be a part two very, very soon. Thank you, Terry. Thank it's you so very much. It's always a pleasure. Thanks to our partners, MasterCard, Heineken 00, Toyota Jamaica, Spaces, Commercial Concepts, Bresche, Beauty Brands by MDS, and Go Shore Courier.